Welcome to episode 134 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, Music on or off the trail is one of the great pleasures in life. Today, we'll talk about how to incorporate music on your backpacking trip, what to bring, and what to leave home. Then, a top five list that will help you plan your personal playlist. Next on the Summit Gear Review, a three-stringed instrument that's trail-worthy and is impossible to play wrong. And our backpack hack has morphed today into backpack homework. All this and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Hey, before we jump into today's episode, just a reminder that we are participating in a forest cleanup this Saturday, June 10th. If you happen to be in Oregon and you'd like to help out with the cleanup, go to the show notes for today's episode at thefirst40miles.com slash 134 and sign up for the cleanup. And this is a cleanup put on by Solve and the Bureau of Land Management. We had this hiking song that we would sing when I was a scout, and it was one of those uh, echo or repeat after me songs. So as we were hiking along, you know, one of the scouts would be like, I don't know, but I've been told. And everyone would echo that. Our scoutmaster's getting old. And it went on and on about how old and weak and decrepit our scoutmaster oh. is and how he'll soon be dead. Oh. <laughs> and, and that's probably the most memorable song I have from uh, scout hikes. But I also remember at scout camps where we would have those campfires that the staff would put on. Oh, so many fun songs that we would sing at the campfires. And they ran the range from just being super silly, fun songs all the way to the more reverent, calm songs that you would sing at the end of the campfire. Music seems to be a strong element of the scouting tradition, and scouting is a strong supporter of backpacking. But I kind of wonder, you know, without scouting, say you don't have a scouting background and you're kind of new to backpacking, how would you begin to incorporate music into your time on the trail? Or would it just seem awkward or weird to someone who's just starting out to start to incorporate music? How can we incorporate music? Does it enhance your experience? Does it detract from others' experience? Well, nowadays we're so used to consuming music. So we listen to it in the car or through our earbuds or at home. And then some people are involved in producing music, being part of a band or a, a group that sings. And I think over the years, we've lost a lot of that uh, middle ground of participating in music, just singing or playing an instrument, not to entertain someone else, but just to entertain yourself or the people you're with as a group together. But it seems like, and I, you know, I didn't live hundreds of years ago, but my sense is that there were groups out on the trail, you know, say um, pioneers, for example, doing these long treks across the United States, who would involve singing in as just part of their experience, singing together as a group, not performing for someone else, but also not just passively listening to music, but being participants in it. 
Yeah, and I think with the pioneers, maybe it just kind of sprung up organically as they walked. It wasn't like, all right, fellas, at noon, we're going to have a sing-along, and we want you all to participate. Here are the lyrics, you know, and they passed out little photocopies of all the songs they were going to sing. It was really an organic thing, and they used it to while away those hours of repetitive activity where they were well, some of it might have been unpleasant, but it was very long, arduous, and music did something to lift their spirits in a way that maybe nothing else really could. It's a great way to keep your mind fascinated by something when in real life you're just doing a really boring, repetitive action. Yeah, and that's not to say that hiking down a trail is boring or repetitive, <laughs> but in the pioneers' case, when they were going down some of those flat, the flatlands that stretched out for miles and there wasn't a lot of variation in the scenery that definitely probably could have gotten old after a while but yeah on the trail we definitely have enough things around us to look at to keep us engaged so what would music add to the experience on the trail and when when would you use it like when you're hiking down the trail do you ever have a song that just kind of is stuck in your head and with every step you take it's like you're stepping to the beat of that song. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And But I don't think I've ever uh, vocalized it. Oh, that's okay. It doesn't matter. I think songs in your head are just as valid as the songs that come out of your mouth. Oh, okay. But it's kind of fun when it comes out of the mouth. Yeah, yeah. It, it, because it becomes a social experience. And so the song that's stuck in your head, you can get it stuck in other people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you don't mean to. Just kind of, you know, you whistle it while you're putting up your tent, and then you hear someone else singing it, and you're like, hey, I just had that exact same song oh, stuck in my yeah. head. <laughs> well, and I do sometimes hum a song without really realizing it, and then you start singing it. And yeah, and I have that same experience of, wait a minute, I had that song in my head too. When in reality, it started with me. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I was humming it. So music definitely plays a role in maybe pacing yourself on the trail as you hike along and you have this song in your head and you're just stepping out the beat. That's really fun. But also, like we were talking about with social music, where you sing together, how have you experienced that? Did you ever have any scoutmasters that brought like a harmonica or, you know, some little mouth harp or, I don't know, they led a sing-along? I don't remember my scoutmasters doing that much, um, but really at scout camps, you know, after a long day doing the various merit badge activities and working hard, it was fun to get together at that campfire and have someone lead a song and to be able to participate in that song. And, but I, I guess I have a hard time describing why it was so fun. Yeah, I understand what you mean, because I've been on several campouts just with a group of friends from church, and there was this one guy who would always bring his guitar, and he would sing all of these story songs. And he had a rich repertoire, and it was so entertaining and so much fun. And while we didn't really sing along with him, he was just providing that kind of backdrop. I know in our family, and this is kind of surprising to me, but there are some children in our family who don't get excited about singing along. And so if I do some kind of musical venture, some kind of, you know, let's, let's sing this song together, there's a little bit of resistance. But if you do it informally, just start playing and start singing, the kids will come around and they'll start playing and singing too. We have how many ukuleles? Yeah, we have a few. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes on a backpacking trip, more than one ukulele uh, ends up 
at the campsite with us somehow. And if you start playing, someone else will start playing. Someone will start singing. It'll happen. But if you were to announce a sing-along to the family, uh-uh. No. Doesn't work. So, Josh, you play a little bit of harmonica. Yeah. You did when you were a scout. Yeah, I really should pick it back up. And it's not hard at all. I mean, it's probably hard to get good, but it's not hard at all to just kind of pick out a tune on the harmonica. So that's what was cool about it for me is I I got one when I was a teenager and immediately I could start picking out some tunes on it with very little practice. Right. And that's one of those instruments that would be so easy to stick in your pocket or in your pack and just kind of, you know, when the sun sets... Get up close to the campfire and just kind of mess around with some melodies or just even breathe in and out with the harmonica up to your mouth. And uh, yeah, it really can provide hours of entertainment on the trail and around the campfire. And there are other instruments besides the harmonica that you could bring with you. There's always your own voice, of course, or your own whistle. We'll be talking about the strum stick, which is a relatively new instrument to the stringed instrument family. Uh, ukulele is a great one. There's a canjo. A what? A canjo. Canjo is a DIY instrument. I think you can find some people online that make and sell canjos. It's just a one-stringed fretless instrument that you just kind of slide your finger up and down on and really simple. Okay. Might be a really fun one to take on the trail. Yeah. And then there's the mouth harp, which has been around for a while and doesn't really make exactly a melody. It just kind of makes these soft twanging noises. Hmm. So those are some really great options if you do want to take an instrument, you know, a gentle instrument on the trail. And I think there are some no-nos for the trail. You're welcome to bring your MP3 player just to enjoy music yourself, but no external speakers. I agree, but I'm thinking of that one exception that we experienced on our first 40-miler, and it was the very last day. And our goal was to get up early that morning. Oh, yes. Yeah. And our friend Garth played, what was it, It on his cell phone? It was like a movie soundtrack from an epic movie. And we just, like, our hearts started pounding. And we were like, all right, we're going to do this. It's our last day. We want to, you know, conquer this trail. And it was the best way to wake up. Loud, powerful music. So (laughs) I guess if, if you're fairly remote... And if everyone can agree on it, then yeah. Well, and when you say loud, this was on a cell phone. (laughs) It it wasn't that loud. It probably didn't carry very far outside of our camp. And there was nobody around within miles. So even though it wasn't high volume, it, it wasn't noisy. It was just powerful because of the particular tune that he was playing. Yeah, it was great. Well, if you do want to incorporate music on an upcoming backpacking trip, We have some ideas that will help you figure out what songs to include around the campfire or on the trail. At home, we're so used to being plugged into music, we can listen to the highest quality, loudest music that we want to at home, but we sometimes forget the joy of creating music that's powered by our own voice and breath. And some of our songs from American history are being lost, which means not only are we losing some of our culture, but we're losing this living collective experience and the joy of human-powered entertainment. So for today's top five list, we're talking about the top five elements that make a great campfire song. 
And our goal after this top five list is that uh, throughout the rest of the day, you'll have at least one of the songs that we <laughs> mentioned stuck in your head. Oh, we apologize in advance. <laughs> well, the number one element that makes a great campfire song is that it's easy to remember. And this is mostly because you don't want to be lugging a big book with you that has all the lyrics and notes and everything. You just want something that you can pull right from your brain. And so this can be something as simple as that famous song, the Banana Boat song. That song that goes, Daylight, come and we want to go home. That's that one? one? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean... Maybe you don't know all the words. It can be a little rough around the edges and nobody cares. You'll just all be singing it along trail and it'll just kind of provide a little spring in your step. Um, another one that's really easy to remember is He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. The classic campfire song. That's pretty repetitive also. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his Along. He's, he's got, got the, the whole world, world in his hands. He's got, got the whole world in his hands. So it's very repetitive. And of course, every verse you add something different. You know, he's got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, sister. So you could tweak it, make it fit whoever you're singing with. And uh, it's just a classic campfire song. So you memorize like four lines and you've got an entire song of four verses. Yeah, and it has two chords. So if if you're beginning on the ukulele, this is a good one to good one to start with. Another one that's really easy to remember is the ants go marching. And that one is the one where the ants go marching one by one, the little one stops to do something, but it has to rhyme with the number one. So the little one stops to suck his thumb or something. And then the ants go marching two by two. And then the ants go marching three by three and four by four. And every time you say a different number, you have to say the line that rhymes with that number. It's a fun little trail song or campfire song, one that especially kids will like. The number two element that makes a really great campfire song is that it gives you that nostalgic feeling. And I think that nostalgic feeling comes when you're singing about a place that you love. So the old cowboys used to sing, Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play. And then one that we love to sing around the campfire is that John Denver song, Country roads. Country roads. And he's saying, take me home to that place I belong. I mean, that just fills you with so much that nostalgic feeling, that longing for a better time, a better place, just somewhere where you can feel safe and secure. The number three element that makes a really great campfire song is if there is a story in the song. So a song like Waltzing Matilda or if you have a little more RAM, then something like American Pie by Don McLean would be really fun and quite impressive around the campfire. Okay, RAM reminds me of that. Uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, come on. The famous singer. Bing Crosby? No. How could I forget his name? Is it the same era? Yeah. Um, wait, he is was he in singer? Anchors Away. And... Oh, Gene Kelly? No. Oh, Frank Sinatra. Frank yeah, Sinatra. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said the word ram, and that reminds me of that Frank Sinatra song about a ram 
beating his head against a thousand kilowatt dam. Oh, the rubber tree plant yes, song. Yes, yes, yes. That one. That's a good sort of story song, right? High hopes. Yeah. Yeah, high hopes. That would be so great. Perfect story song. Yes. It takes a little more effort to memorize these story songs, but if you can belt it out around the campfire, you will get life points because people will be so impressed. The fourth element that makes a really great campfire song is if the song has a strong chorus. That means that everyone can join in on it, even if they don't know the verse. And the more verses you sing, the more people will kind of pick up on the chorus and sing along. So something like, this land is your land, is classic. Everyone knows the chorus for that, and then you can add in whatever verses you want, or stick to the ones that are canon. Or one of my favorites from Scout Camp is Threw It Out the Window. (gasps) That's one of my favorites, too. So it starts out with a nursery rhyme kind of thing, and and maybe only one person knows the nursery rhyme, but then you get to the chorus. Old Mother Mother Hubbard Hubbard went to the cupboard to fetch her poor dog a bone. But when she got there, the cupboard was bare, so she threw it out the window, the window, the second story window. When she got there, the cupboard was bare, so she threw it out the window. So you can try this with any nursery rhyme. And it ends with that threw it out the character window. throwing whatever it is out the window. So Jack Sprat could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean. And so betwixt the two of them, they threw, threw it, it out, out the, the window. window. The window. Right. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's, king's horses and all the king's, king's men threw him out, out the, the window. window. <laughs> <laughs> See, hours of entertainment, I promise. The number five element that makes a great campfire song is a song that culturally connects the group. So if you all have a shared spiritual belief, you could sing hymns like Amazing Grace or Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Say you're all from a shared location, something like Deep in the Heart of Texas could be (laughs) really powerful on the trail and just provide that camaraderie and connection with each other. You could also have a shared culture of having all been through an era together. You know, those songs like We Shall Overcome or Blowing in the Wind have a lot of power and a lot of history behind them. When I was teaching a ukulele class at girls camp last year, you know, I was teaching them some of the songs that I knew, but the girls wanted to play this song called Riptide, which they all knew. I didn't know it that well, but it was their shared culture. You know, they'd heard the song on the radio. They knew it instantly. The chords were really simple and they loved it. So it was their shared culture that really helped them to connect around this song. And if you're looking for some music to incorporate on the trail, a really great place to look is in the folk rock singers of the 1960s. People like Mm -hmm. Cat Stevens, Bob Dylan, Peter, Paul and Mary, the Kingston Trio and uh, even some Joni Mitchell. They have this really... um, uncomplicated sound, I guess. So it's music that typically has really simple instrumentation. So maybe just a guitar and a few other instruments. And then the real star of the show is the human voice, which is really, I think, what it comes down to. No instrument is needed just to make music with your voice. And, you know, it's always nice to have a little bit of accompaniment, but uh, really it comes down to just moving air through your vocal cords and producing something that brings you joy. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Strumstick. Now, this is a fascinating instrument because the man who developed it, who invented this instrument, claims that 
there are no wrong notes. Like it is an idiot proof instrument and it's also a lightweight instrument. It's very simple to play, simple to pick it up. And even if you've had no musical training, even if you don't watch the DVD or any instructional videos online, you should have success with this instrument. It's called the Strumstick and it is a three stringed wooden instrument with steel strings and it has a very bright sound, almost similar in timbre to a banjo. And I just played all three strings at once while moving my finger across one of the strings, but you can also put your finger down on all three strings and here's what it sounds like. And if you play each of the strings individually, it kind of sounds like that Superman, you know, da 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 da. It has a very open sound. Since we're on a podcast, it's really easy for people to hear the strumstick as you're demonstrating it. Maybe not so easy for them to see the strumstick. So maybe if I can explain or try to describe a little bit what it looks like. Imagine a stick that's uh, about one inch by one inch and about three feet long, maybe a little longer. Okay, so you've got this stick, one, one inch by one inch, about three feet long. But on the bottom end, where you would typically have a resonating chamber for like a guitar or a ukulele or a banjo, it has this very slender resonating chamber that just uh, the, the stick gradually gets wider. And at its widest point, it's about five inches wide. So it's a very slender instrument, this very slender neck. Uh, you know, about two feet of just the one inch by one inch neck, and then just gradually flares out. Yeah, yeah. just gradually flaring out to about five inches wide. Makes it pretty easy to just stick it in those side loops on your backpack, and it's not really going to get in the way much. For mass, the strumstick weighs 15.4 ounces, so we're just barely under a pound. There are a couple versions of it. This is the Strumstick D that Heather has here. There's also a Strumstick G, and the G Strumstick is uh, just a little bit smaller. So if you're really counting the ounces, then you can go for the G Strumstick. And in terms of maintenance, Heather, how do you tune it? So you can get a snark, which is like a special little clip that you put on the top. You can use it on any stringed instrument, but it's this thing that you clip on and it'll tell you if the note that you're playing is in tune or if it needs to be lowered or raised just a little bit. So if you feel kind of unsure about whether your instrument is in tune or not, that's a really lightweight option. Another option is just tuning it before you go and just going with the flow on the trail. If it's a little bit off, it's not a big deal. And also, if it's a little bit off, you can still just play one note at a time. And it's not gonna matter if it's a little bit off. I mean, I guess what matters most is how it sounds to you, because really this is a personal instrument, something that is gonna bring you joy on the trail. Okay, so let's say you didn't have a snark and you didn't tune it, but you're out on the trail, you're sitting next to the campfire, and you would like to just get the three strings to be in tune with each other. Can you do that? Can yeah. you just kind of 
what's the equivalent of eyeballing it? You would earball it. <laughs> earball it. Earball it, exactly. Yeah, so the top and the bottom string, those are an octave apart. So oh, they okay. sound like they're... Yeah, so that's really easy to adjust yeah. the top and bottom to get them to be exactly an octave apart. And then if you can just remember that Superman sound, you know, da 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 then that can help you kind of earball that middle string. Bum bum bum. Okay. Yep. I know when you tune your guitar, you will you'll tune one string and then you can you can tune the other string by putting your finger on a certain fret. Right, relative tuning. Yeah, so you can do that too on this instrument. Yeah, so in order to tune that middle string, you would just put your finger on the fourth fret and it should sound similar. Yeah, okay, Close so you're enough. putting your finger on the fourth fret of the low string mm -hmm. and then that should be the same pitch as the middle string at that point. Exactly. Is that the same between the middle and top? Nope. The middle and top, you would actually go to the third fret. So you put your finger on that middle string, third fret over. Okay. And that's, yeah. But I guess if the instrument is close enough to being in tune, then even if you don't remember, oh, it's fourth fret and third fret, you'd be able to pick it out, right? Like if I was yeah. holding this instrument and I would go you know, and, and hit the bottom string or the, the low note string, and then I would hit the middle note string, and I could start running my finger up the frets of the low note string, and I could tell when I got to the one where there's supposed to be a match. Right. Which would be the fourth fret. For maintenance, because the strumstick is made of finished wood, it's okay if a few raindrops get on it, but I would say keep it protected from the rain. And you can purchase a carrying case separately, and that'll help with protecting it from the rain. You can also bring a plastic garbage bag to keep it truly protected. For investment, the strumstick is not a toy. It's a real instrument. It's a legitimate instrument. The Strumstick D is $200. This is a handcrafted, beautifully put together instrument. And if you compare it to something like the Kanjo, that's, you know, a can with a stick on it and one little string, those cost about $25. And those are a little more rustic. This is a beautiful instrument that has some really beautiful touches. There are different types of wood used in its construction. There's even a beautiful little rosette around the hole where the sound comes out of the instrument. It's like sun, moon, and stars right. via wood cutout. There's like a little image in there, and you can choose whatever rosette you want on the website. It's just, it's a really just elegant, beautiful instrument. So for trial... I'm going to hand the instrument over to Josh, uh -oh. who has um, graciously agreed to be our test subject for the playability of this instrument. I've enjoyed playing with this. We took it on a beach trip, and it was just so much fun to sit by the shore and just play, mess around. No one could really hear me because the sound just kind of stays uh, kind of right around you. It's just beautiful. So I'm going to turn the time over to Josh. He's going to rock out for us. Oh, boy. Okay, well, where do I start? Just, uh, well, I mean, I can strum. That's yeah, good. It's a very I open can sound. try putting my finger on frets. Hmm, 
Okay. Nice. One thing I should point out about the drumstick is that it is a diatonic scale. So if you put your finger here, well, if you play it open, that's going to be uh, the first note of the diatonic scale, okay. which is the scale that we're all used to. And then to play the next note, and then you go to the next fret up. And then go to this right here. There you go. Okay, so I skipped a fret right there towards the end. You skipped the fret that would be the B flat, because B flat is a really common oh, uh, okay. accidental in songs. Okay, so this B is flat. like... Sorry, I shouldn't say B flat. It's the... Uh, the flat right before the top of the scale. Right, flat seven. <laughs> okay, a flat seven. All right. Um, so this is like having the white keys on a piano and one black key. Yep. And if you were starting on the piano, if you were starting at C, you'd go C, D, E, F, G, A, B flat, B, and then you'd start over, yep. right? So that's why you were saying it's like having a B flat um, on a scale that starts at C. You have that one flat. Okay. Um, what should I try to play then? Play anything. Like, don't try to play something. That's where you'll oh. have the most success with the strumstick, is if you just mess around. I think one of the things that helps too is when you find something that sounds good, repeat that. And then you okay. can kind of veer away from it for a minute and then come, and come back. back to it. Um, and then, you know, uh, stretch out a little bit further and then come back to that thing that you really liked. Okay. Well, I feel like I should hand this back to the no. expert. <laughs> the pro. All right, crank something out for us. No. I, want, I want to hear something. I mean... Uh, I'm not very impressive. that impressive but all I did was kind of slide my finger up and down and I found something that I liked and I kind of went back to that I liked this right here the so if I were to keep playing I'd probably include that in there a lot but you know you can do chords on here which it has all this information in the little booklet that comes with it you can make it as simple or as complex as you want, but really the idea is just to mess around and make sounds that are pleasing to your own ear. Well, that's cool. So if you're looking to pick up a new instrument and you want an instrument that you can actually take with you on the trail and go backpacking with it, then the Strumstick would be a really fun option. We'll have the link to the Strumstick in today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 134. And as promised, we have ditched the backpack hack of the week this week, and we're giving you backpack homework of the week. Today's homework is to find a few songs that you want to bring with you in your brain on your next backpacking trip. That means that these songs are zero grams. These lyrics that you'll be taking with you on your trip and these songs, they may even take on a new meaning as you hike and as you have time to think about or ponder the lyrics. So no instrument needed for this backpack homework of the week. 
Just bring the songs in your head and save them for the campfire, or you can bring them out on a lonely, quiet stretch of trail. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Plato. He said, Music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. And don't forget, if you're going to be in Oregon this Saturday, June 10th, and you'd like to jam with us, well, you got to come help clean up. But we'll bring the strumstick. How about that? We'll ah, bring the strumstick. Sounds like fun. You can come help clean up on BLM land, and we will show you our family's secret BLM camping spot. This is a loaded event. Seriously, music, secrets. Oh, Trash yeah. bags. Trash bags, <laughs> right. Yeah, It's going to be fun, I promise. <laughs> so what you got to do to sign up is uh, go to today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 134. Down at the bottom, find the link to the Bald Mountain Cleanup. That'll take you to a website where you will register for the cleanup. And when you register for the cleanup, you can pick a group that you're affiliated with and just pick the first 40 miles as your group. And then we will see you. Saturday morning at 9 a.m. at Sheridan Peak. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you have a favorite campfire song, sing it at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. If you happen to live somewhere nearby. Nearby um, what? (laughs) (laughs) If you happen to be in Oregon, how about that?